0: Did you know that globally, over 100 million people could be dealing with a neurodevelopmental disorder that's often misunderstood and even denied to exist by some. It's a condition that can affect everything from your school or work performance, to relationships and overall quality of life. Yet it remains one of the most controversial and debated disorders. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with this condition, or you're someone who's just curious about it, you've probably heard a lot of the myths that are out there in the world, with this one being the biggest. ADHD isn't real. I'm sick of it. Let's go debunking. But wait, who am I? My name is Dr. Salman Aziz Mirza. I am a triple board certified psychiatrist specializing in adult psychiatry, child and adolescent psychiatry, and addiction medicine. My interest in ADHD doesn't stop in my professional life, but extends to my personal life as I myself have navigated the challenges of ADHD being undiagnosed for decades. So, to debunk the myth that ADHD isn't real, let's start with the fact that ADHD, or Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, is officially recognized by some of the most reputable health organizations in the world. This includes the American Psychiatric Association, World Health Organization, National Institute of Mental Health, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, American Academy of Pediatrics, American Medical Association, American Psychological Association, European Psychiatric Association, Association, National Health Service in the UK, and you get the point. These organizations are the backbone of medical and mental health guidelines worldwide, so their recognition of ADHD underscores the validity of this or disorder. Now, Some critics might argue that ADHD is made up, but let me assure you it's anything but. In fact, the diagnosis of ADHD is far from arbitrary or subjective. It's based on the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th edition or the DSM-5 which serves as a guide for mental health professionals like myself. The DSM-5 provides a specific set of criteria for diagnosing ADHD. To be diagnosed with ADHD, individuals must exhibit a certain number of symptoms from two main categories, inattention and hyperactivity-impulsivity. These symptoms must be present before the age of 12, persist for at least six months, and interfere with at least two areas of life, like school, work, or relationships. This means a diagnosis of ADHD isn't made lightly or based on just a few instances of inattentive or hyperactive behavior. In an ideal world, it's a thorough process that requires a detailed evaluation by a trained medical professional. Now, let's talk about the brain. As a psychiatrist, I find the human brain absolutely fascinating. It's where all the magic happens, right? It's where we think, we feel, and make sense of the world. But for people with ADHD, their brains work a little differently. You see, ADHD is what's called a neurodevelopmental disorder. That's a fancy term for which means it's associated with the growth and development of the brain. We know this because numerous scientific studies have found differences in the brain structure, functions, and chemistry of people with ADHD. So what's different about the brains of people with ADHD? Well, several things actually. Research has shown that certain parts of the brain may be smaller or have less activity in people with ADHD. For instance, the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that's responsible for things like decision making, attention, and impulse control, is often affected. In people with ADHD, it may be smaller and have less activity, which could explain some of the challenges with focus and impulsivity. Some studies have also shown differences in the basal ganglia, a group of structures involved in various cognitive and motor processes that these structures may also be smaller in individuals with ADHD. But it's not just about size. There's also evidence that the connections between different parts of the brain work differently in people with ADHD. To visualize this, let's imagine the brain as a bustling city, with different neighborhoods representing different parts of the brain. In a city, we need good transportation links, right? Like roads or subway lines to connect different neighborhoods. In our brain, these roads are called neural pathways. And in people with ADHD, some of these pathways may not be as efficient as they should be. It's like having a road with a lot of traffic jams. Making it difficult to get from one place to another quickly and smoothly. Neuroimaging studies that have shown this are numerous, with a main focus on fMRI or functional magnetic resonance imaging, DTI MRI diffusion tensor imaging MRI, and PET scans, positron emission tomography, which allow us to measure blood flow and brain activity. Another difference is in the default mode network, DMN. The DMN is a network of brain regions that is active when the mind is at rest and not focused on the outside world. Studies have shown that the DMN might be more active in individuals with ADHD even when they're supposed to be focused on a task. It's important to note that while these differences are statistically significant across groups, there's a lot of variability from individual to individual, and these differences don't serve as definitive biomarkers of ADHD. Neuroimaging findings are still primarily used for research purposes and ADHD is diagnosed based on clinical symptoms. Let's step out of the brain and into the real world. How does ADHD affect the daily lives of those who live with it? The truth is, the impact of ADHD extends far beyond the classroom or the workplace. It permeates many aspects of life, including social relationships, self-esteem, and even physical health, across a person's lifetime. Let's start with school-aged children. Kids with ADHD might struggle to keep up with assignments, stay organized, or maintain focus in class. This is not because they're lazy or that they're not trying hard enough. Because their brains are wired differently, as we discussed a bit earlier. The simple tasks that other kids might take for granted can be a daily battle for kids with ADHD. Or consider adults at work. They might find it difficult to manage their time effectively, stay on top of tasks, or remain focused during long meetings. They might also struggle with impulsivity, perhaps saying things without thinking them through fully, which can create friction in professional environments. When I used to work at the clothing store back at the mall in college days, I remember accidentally exposing one of my managers for something that they did to the head manager and them getting in pretty big trouble for that. My bad. ADHD can also make it hard for people to maintain relationships, whether it's remembering important dates, staying focused during conversations, or dealing with the frustration and impatience that can come from managing these daily challenges. So many times I work with patients where untreated ADHD has gotten in the way of having a happy and healthy relationship. often presenting as manifestations of depression and or anxiety. In my pre-ADHD diagnosis life, I struggled with things like paying bills on time because I would set aside the email or the letter into the take care of this later pile, which we know is actually the take care of this never pile. This resulted in me graduating my residency and training with a 500 something credit score, which we know impacts us in so many different ways, such as not being able to buy a house, trouble opening lines of credit to start businesses, trouble with getting a new car, and so much more. It took years of work to undo that damage with thousands of dollars spent that I could have used it towards something else. All because of the impact of untreated ADHD. So there we have it folks. ADHD is a medically recognized and neurologically rooted disorder that has a profound impact on the daily lives of those who live with it. ADHD is real, debunked. But I'm curious to hear from you. How has ADHD shown up in your life or the lives of the people that you know? I'd love to hear some of your stories and experiences. Did you have a story like mine? Please share them below in the comments. And if you found this video helpful, do me a favor and give it a like, share it with your friends, subscribe to our channel so you don't miss the next video in the series where I will tackle the myth that ADHD is overdiagnosed. Check out the ADHD playlist via the card above to see what else I've already created for you. Your support helps us spread awareness and break down the myths surrounding ADHD. Until then, stay healthy and stay safe.